Welcome to the Excel in Retirement Show. I'm David Treese, and I'll be your host. Thank you for tuning in. My goal is to distill a couple financial planning ideas that could help you excel in retirement. As always, you can reach me by calling 864-618-4800 or by emailing me at david at clientsexcel.com. This is show number five, and we have momentum going, and I'm excited you're tuning in with us. We'll have a new show coming out each Wednesday morning. We have our website folks working on a page for our podcast where you'll be able to subscribe and get an email when new shows come out. In the meantime, if you'd like to get a show notification email, shoot me an email at david at clientsexcel.com, and uh, we will take care of that and make sure you get it. You can check our website out. It's clientsexcel.com. In this episode, we're going to be talking about sequence of returns risk. But before we get started, a quick story. We moved into our house in March of 2017, and it's a little ways out in the country, and I had been wanting chickens for a while. So maybe a couple weeks after we moved in, I went and bought some chickens. And we had been thinking about... Uh, buying a new fancy hypoallergenic dog also so we were very ambitious and you know those hypoallergenic dogs the ones that don't shed and they cost a lot of money we were even considering driving to Texas to pick one up if you can believe it well about a month after we moved in to our house a stray dog started coming by the house and checking out the chickens he's a 25 pound terrier beagle mix so not too intimidating You probably already know how this goes, but I had been out of town for a couple of days when the dog came by and Mallory had sent me some pictures of him from a distance. And I got home on a Thursday afternoon and she says, there he is. And so I go to the back door and there he is out in the yard looking at the chickens. And uh, so we open the back door and I tell Mallory, go get some food. We need to feed him. And so we started feeding him and made him a little place out on the porch to sleep that night. And then the next day he comes back and his little leg, his back leg is skinned up and we were feeling pretty uh, compassionate towards him. And so we said, oh, well, we better put him in the garage. And while we're at it, we might as well give him a bath and clean him up because he was very dirty. He was, uh, he was very dirty. He's a white and brown dog. And so his white fur was very dirty. You could see the dirt and where he used to have a collar on. And so uh, we went the next morning to the vet and spent a couple hundred dollars on him there. And Oscar was officially ours after that. And so Amelia, our daughter, was born the end of that year. And Oscar is insanely jealous of her. For example, I'll get up in the morning and sit down in my chair and drink some coffee and do a little reading. And Oscar will hop up on the couch and he normally goes back to sleep. And as soon as Amelia gets up an hour or two later, Oscar jumps off the couch and he's sitting on me or pawing at me, wanting my attention. And he is very persistent, like he was coming by the house, persistently coming by for several days. And he will, uh, he has a special way of getting what he wants, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but maybe we're just suckers, I don't know. So I know a lot of things are pawing at you for your attention, probably more than ever with everything going on in the world. But I just want to say we are thankful that you would take a few minutes uh, listening in here today. I don't take lightly the trust that our clients have placed in us at Clients Excel, and I don't think that can be said enough. And so we thank you for spending some time with us. And if you're one of our clients, we appreciate you. So we specialize in retirement income planning. 
There is a big difference between saving for retirement and being in retirement. The plan needs to change to adapt to the changing circumstance, which is retirement, when that's on the horizon. The returns on investments 10 years before retirement and 10 years after retirement can have a significant impact on your financial success in retirement. What do I mean? If the market wipes out 50% of your money three years before you're planning to retire, it can mean that you might need to work a few more years to recover those losses and postpone retirement. Or if you retire and the next year you lose 50% of your money in the market, that can majorly impact your retirement income. So this is basically called sequence of returns risk. And I wanna spend the balance of our time discussing a strategy that can help combat the sequence of returns risk. We're going to talk about uh, this on the show today. And it's called a fixed indexed annuity. Let's talk about how it can eliminate sequence of returns risk. And we're not suggesting putting all of your money in a fixed indexed annuity necessarily either. As a fiduciary, I have a responsibility to ensure that the recommendations I give are appropriate for the individual. And so this is not suitable for everyone. So let's take a walk back in time. Let's go all the way back to 1998. Let's hypothetically say you had to you had $100,000 and you put that into the S&P 500. Now you can't invest directly into the S&P 500, but there are some funds that mirror the returns of the S&P 500. Also, we know that the S&P 500 is a group of large companies that are mostly American. And think companies like GE, General Mills, HP Computers, Kroger, McDonald's, you get the point, right? So we put $100,000 in an S&P 500 index fund in 1998. Let's say at that same time, you put another $100,000 into a fixed indexed annuity. So you have 100,000 in the market and 100,000 in the annuity. Now the fixed annuity is an insurance product and it's not in the market, but the indexed annuity participates in the growth of the market. So you're not invested in the stock market when you have money into in a uh, fixed indexed annuity. So what was happening in the late 1990s? The internet was really starting to take off. If in 1998, that was 22 years ago, can you believe it's been that long ago? From 1998 to 1999, your $100,000 would have turned into almost $121,000. By 2000, you'd made over 36%. You would have had over $137,000, or right at $137,000. With the fixed index annuity, you have what's called participation strategies. In our illustration here, we'll use a strategy that allows to, uh, over time for a 50 to 70% participation rate of whatever the S&P 500 earns. You may say, hold on, David, why in the world would I do that? I can invest in the market and earn more. Sure you can, but in the market, you have unlimited downside also. The market normally comes back, but there are no guarantees with the market, and you'll see why this works out if you stay with me. So with this strategy, with the fixed index annuity, you would have earned from 98 to 2000 a little over uh, 25000 So you'd have about 125000 compared to nearly 137000 if you'd had that in the market. But what happened next? The wheels came off in the late 90s for the market. The dot-com bubble happened. People were super excited about the internet technology and it drove the market up. 
we were shifting into the information age and so things were moving fast for the internet. So new companies were popping up everywhere. Also happening during this period, interest rates were slashed and Congress had lowered taxes in 1997. The combination of these three things fueled a stock market bubble. And a series of issues ultimately caused the stock market crash, but the high stock prices were fueled by a lot of speculation about emerging online companies. And Alan Greenspan, who was the head of the Federal Reserve during this period, came out in early 2000 stating that he wanted to uh, significantly increase interest rates. So they were slashed and then he planned to significantly increase them and he let that be known. This created a lot of fear about technology companies not being able to borrow money to grow their companies. So your $100,000 you put into the S&P 500 would have had a high of about 137,000 in 2000, but by 2002, you had about $79,000, well below that 100,000 that you started with. The market declined overall for two years. What happened to the fixed index annuity during this period though? Well, you wouldn't have lost anything. You retained that $125,000. You did not earn anything, but you did not lose anything. So this brings us to an important question. Would you rather earn zero or lose money? Let's back up even further. What happened during the Great Depression? People were taking loans out at the bank and then putting the money in the stock market. And like all economic problems, numerous factors led to the depression. But the long and the short of it is, is that banks became nervous about the loans they had made and called the loans. Word called on and the stock holdings could not be sold quick enough to get the money back to the banks. Uh, an important law came out of the situation called Glass-Steagall. It separated commercial banking from investment banking. The law would have prevented the Great Depression, uh, it was believed. The legislation stated that there had to be that separation. I believe the language was a veil of separation between bank interest and securities interest. But like all good things, that came to an end. Alan Greenspan in the 80s and 90s had lobbied Congress and Bill Clinton in the 90s to repeal Glass-Steagall. And so he finally got his wish in 1999 with Bill Clinton signing the repeal of it. He said that it was an antiquated law and it was holding the economy back. Banks were making, uh, so that began, bank, that began uh, increasing the overlap again that led to the Great Depression of, of bank interest and securities interest. And so banks began making the notorious liar loans. I had a home builder come in and meet with me about a year ago, and he said he had just finished building a $300,000 house in the mid-2000s. He was outside finishing the landscaping and so forth, and a young girl he estimated to be in her early 20s pulled up to the house, and she had a couple kids in the car. He estimated uh, she'd be no more than about 22 or 23 years old, and she said, I want to buy this house. And he said back to her, ma'am, I don't mean to be rude, but when I was your age, there was no way I could afford this house. How in the world will you afford it? She replied back to him, don't worry about it. I've got the loan. So he sold her the house. What else was he to do? And she was not able to make one payment on the house. So the banks issued these loans like that and packaged them together and sold them as securities product. And this is basically what caused the Great, the Great Recession, the biggest financial problem since the Great Depression. So the year 2000 to 2010 is sometimes referred to as the lost decade because two major economic disturbances happened in that one decade 
and it's not typical for two big problems to happen with the economy in one decade. So back to our investments we are tracking. We didn't earn anything uh, when the market crashed in the dot-com crash, but we were Im immediately able to start earning a return when the economy started coming back. Our stock market money had to make up its losses, which took about five years. So the fixed indexed annuity was outpacing the, mar the market in our hypothetical example here. If we were looking back at our 100,000 we started with in 1998, recall, uh, during this time the stock market had been uh, driven up with the banks issuing those lo loans and so forth. So to recap, the dot-com crash happened, our 100,000 got to 137, but in the crash it, it fell to 79,000. By 2007, it was up around 145,000. So our 79,000 had recovered by 2007 and was up to about 145. Not bad, right? But then the Great Recession happened and the real estate values tanked, if you recall. The 145 was back down to around 100,000, and which it would have, uh, that was what we started with in 1998. And so it took another five years, about 2012, to make up those losses before you're breaking even. The fixed index annuity had outpaced the market during this period because it didn't have to wait around to make up those losses. It would have been about 156 compared to the 145 going into the Great Recession. So with the fixed index annuity, we're locking into our gains each year. And that's your new floor. You can never go below that. Each year you lock into your gains. You can never lose money. When the market calmed down again, you would have been able to start earning interest again. So what happens is you're able to earn, to safely earn more while having no downside potential. In our example, it would have taken until around 2017 for the market to finally have called up and start beating the fixed indexed annuity in our example. So one way to eliminate sequence of returns risk with a portion of your portfolio is to use a fixed indexed annuity. When the market started stabilizing and growing, the fixed indexed annuity did also. In fact, if you were to look at a graph during this time, the annuity didn't have to recover its losses. It could just start growing, and it outpaced the S&P 500 during this period. Think about this. When you lose 50% of your money, how much of it do you have to make to break even? If you set 100%, you are correct. So, before the market could fully recover and the dot-com crash, uh, the mortgage meltdown mess started. You see, when you're completely in the market and you have no principal protection, that's a key, principal protection, it's not uncommon to be in a position where you are having to make up your losses. In our hypothetical example, the $100,000 initial investment in the market was up to 145. It would have fallen to 100 again and uh, in, in 2007. The annuity didn't lose anything. It went sideways and started to gain interest when the recovery started. But in the market, you have to wait around for about five years for it to break even. So we don't get any do-over time, or we don't get a do-over on lost time. It's very important to have a plan and not just an account statement or investments with no real plan. So it's important to have an income plan and a distribution plan in place when you're going into retirement to determine how you're going to effectively draw your money down to live on it or to safely invest it uh, so you can depend on it when you need it. Remember, we've talked about this in past episodes, but we never know what's right around the corner and we never know when we're gonna need money 
statistics show that 70% of us will need some sort of long-term care during our lifetime. And this has become a hot topic for me with my family and, uh, and my mom and her currently needing long-term care and the expense that goes into that. This isn't something fun to talk about, but it's very important. Sometimes I see people shut down when I start talking about this, but it's my job to inform you of the risk that you have in retirement. And so I'm going to continue to say it because it's so important to have some sort of plan in place for long-term care expenses and to not be fully exposed to the market uh, and depending on it for your complete income plan. Imagine not having to completely depend on the stock market to provide your retirement income. Imagine the peace of mind this may bring. In our turbulent world, if we can help retirees have financial peace of mind, I consider that a success. It's not just about making money as a business to me. Sure, we have to make money to continue serving you on this podcast and serving our clients, but at the end of the day, knowing we helped you not have to worry as much <clears throat> excuse me, is incredibly enriching to me. That's why I do what I do. We've spent quite a lot of time talking about rising, or we've spent quite a bit of time in our, in our past episodes talking about the rising tax rate environment that I believe we are going to enter. And I believe we're going to uh, have to pay higher taxes in the future. And I can't give you this warning enough. The U.S. government added $2 trillion of debt in just 63 days. Pre-COVID-19, we were adding a trillion dollars of debt per year, which is noteworthy in itself. But how are we going to pay for this? If you have money in tax-deferred accounts like 401ks and IRAs, and you don't have a plan in place to mitigate our rising tax rate environment and the risk that that entails, your plan may be incomplete. This is something we need to address. Couple this with the current market risk, and it's like a one-two punch. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to get knocked out, so to speak, when the bad economic times happen. CNBC ran an article last week that said, with recent spikes in coronavirus cases and fluctuations in the economic data, the historic rally has taken a pause as the market seems to be stuck in a range amid elevated volatility. It continues, although the stock market was suggesting a V-shaped recovery, and now a V-shaped recovery is when it goes way down real quickly and then it comes back really quickly. The more likely scenario, the article says, is a rolling W. So it's going to go down, come back up, then go back down again. This is Liz Ann Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. A sign of virus resurgence mount, investors have turned increasingly cautious. The rally in these popular reopening trades, airlines, cruise lines, and hotels is seemingly losing steam. There's a lot of risk out there, folks, and it is critical to have a plan in place, not just a portfolio of investments and products. It's also uh, it's also important to have a plan that you can adjust over time when circumstances change it. So that's what we're talking about today, and I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we work with clients all across the U.S. If you'd like to discuss your particular situation, please give us a call at 864-618-4800, or you can email me at david at clientsexcel.com. See you next week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Clients Excel are not affiliated companies. 
Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the insuring carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients Excel is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Clients Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.